Live in four, three, two, one. At long last, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It's August 20th, 2020, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Kicking It With The King, episode 284. Yes, 284 amazing episodes. We're finally here. We're finally back. Sorry for the mini hiatus, ladies and gentlemen. But we were gone for a while. We were busy. It's been hot as fuck. Fire's burning like crazy. California's on fire. We're at the point where we're like, what's next on what's going to happen in this crazy-ass year? From COVID-19 to crazy fires to unemployment rates going crazy. People losing their jobs. A bunch of crazy shit happening, ladies and gentlemen. That's not the excuse for why we haven't been on the show. We've, I've just been busy. I'm sorry. Hope no one gets offended. I know, like, some of the numbers and stuff and stats from the old episodes went up recently. Like, you know, people have been listening to a lot of the older shows and a lot of the older episodes. So, what better way to come back? What better way to make a splash than to have a brand new episode? There's so much to talk about. You have really have no idea. And I know, like, a lot, a lot, a lot of the time, more times than not, as of late, I haven't necessarily had, like, a game plan for what we're officially going to be talking about, meaning, like, I don't write it down. I don't write down anything that I'm going to be talking about. It's mainly all in my head because it's all set in stone, but this one was so freaking dire that we, we, had, to, we had to write down stuff. It's just so we could be sure that we weren't missing anything. There's so much to talk about. I opened my notes right now, looked at my phone, and literally, like, from top to bottom, if you guys want a little rundown of what we're going to be talking about on today's show so you can get excited, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot, lots, lots, and lots to talk about. That's one of the worst parts about podcasts for me is that when you take too much time off, there's so much shit to talk about that you can't even cram it all into one show but we're gonna do our best to do that on this very show first things first as always ladies and gentlemen we are available everywhere you get your shows kicking it with the king is available on all streaming platforms when it comes to spotify iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else you get your podcast. We're available for stream, download, wherever it is you want to do. Available on Spotify. If you have Spotify Premium, you can stream the show and download. Well, you can download it for free if you stream. Obviously, you're paying a subscription for, for Spotify and stuff like that. But you know, for Spotify Premium, you can download podcasts and stuff like that. Um, Anywhere else, I think you can download them for free. But anyways, guys, like I said, we can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at KWTKPod. G the King Official on Instagram. GT King Official on Twitter. I don't think I said that clear enough. GT King Official on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Gabriel the King Hernandez as well. Ladies and gentlemen, and so on. Try to be a little bit act more active on social media. I definitely apologize for that. And I apologize for not being as active as I could be. I'm active on Twitter and stuff. I'm replying to trolls and, and stupid shit some, from time to time and stuff like that. But um, other than that, like I said, we, we, it's been good. It's just been really hot. Um, the weather, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but like, you know, California's been on fire. And if you're in the, um, what is it, like the... Um, Northern, Northern California, yeah, Central, 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 or, or Northern, it's kind of like, you know, like, for me, I think it kind of like, uh, came out of nowhere with like all the, like the, the fire stuff, well, I mean, we, we've been 
on fire before, but like this like kind of coming out of coming out of nowhere for for me, just like like the like coming out of nowhere. But and then again, it's like you know it's hot as fuck here, and if you look at the freaking weather for this entire week, it's been like in the hundreds, triple digits, and we're nearing the end of summer. That's the part that's crazy. And um, the other night, actually, it was like I think it was like a little bit of ooh. I opened my I opened the weather app and I said unhealthy air quality. Stay inside. Wear a mask. Wear a mask, folks. That's what we got to do. Well, now we really got it because of like the, you know if you if, you know it's crazy though like going from people not wanting to wear a mask to you you know you wear a mask and you can save your life literally like if you sit sit around and like don't wear a mask and that's gonna be a problem because you're gonna die you know it's it's, it's like ten times worse than smoking cigarettes I don't know how crazy I don't know the facts I'm not a scientist I'm not a doctor I'm not in that. But, you know, with the air quality being shitty as it's being, that's going to that's gonna pose a lot of problems for people. Let me just quickly see the air quality. Yeah, 77 degrees outside right now. Um, I mean, it's calmed down the weather. So from right now to sat- next Saturday, not, not this Saturday, not this upcoming Saturday, the next Saturday, it's going to be 99 degrees. And then Friday and Thursday, it's going to be 100 degrees as well. But um, yeah, we're not a fucking weatherman here on the show. Um Anyways, guys, quick, quick commercial break. But anyways, point being, everyone just needs to be safe, stay inside. And if you heard, if it sounds like that is done dying, or literally those like coughing right before, that's why I said commercial break. Those like literally coughing <coughs> right before. It's like a massive hit of the pen. And stuff like that, but, you know, anyways, that's not important. Back to what I was saying. So the weather, the weather has been kind of crazy lately. Well, it's been hot. I mean, obviously, it's summer and stuff. It's bound to be hot. But, like, the wildfires getting out of control and all that. That's crazy. I mean, we've got a lot to talk about on today's show. Anyways, guys, we're six minutes in, and we all we've done is bullshit. Anyway, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right, anyways, guys, on today's show, obviously, we've got UFC 252. That wrapped up a little a little over a week ago. Um, there's a lot to talk about that. I mean, obviously, Cormier coming up short in his third third fight, his final fight against Stipe Miocic. He um, obviously came up short via loss via the decision. Um, him going out on those kind of terms kind of seems a little bit unsettling, if you would, if, if you will. Um, meaning, like, you know how he had this whole plan for him to, you know, go out on top and stuff. And unfortunately, like I said, this sport is a crazy sport and, and some things happen. And, you know, now what's next? We'll talk about the future of what's next for Cormier following the loss. Is he truly done any potential fights that could be a comeback fight for him? What what that would mean and what, what obviously what it would take and, and you know, how the stakes of it. You know, we don't want DC just coming back for any kind of fight. Or anything along the lines or like that. You know, we don't want him to be a punch drunk. We don't want him to be that, that kind of guy just just stays around too long and loses to people he shouldn't be losing to. Because, you know, for me, as a huge fight fan and as, as, as just as a, you know, a, a spectator of the sport, you don't want to see something like that happen. And especially not a guy like DC. But I'm keen to believe that, you know, he, he truly means that he's done when he, when he says he's done. Especially with all the work, hard work, and you know all the stuff he has going from outside the cage and stuff like that. You know, commentating the video game, the new UFC video game, 
Um, obviously, the show on ESPN Plus, you know, Ariel, DC and Helwani, I mean, Detail on ESPN as well. ESPN Plus, excuse me. Um, I mean, he's, he's got a lot of stuff going for him outside the fight game. So, I mean, obviously, it's unfortunate to lose the way that he lost, which wasn't an you know, embarrassing way to lose at all. I mean, it was a tough fight. It was a tough, grueling fight. And similarly to, you know, Stipe Miocic's, the Junior Dos Santos and Cain Velasquez. You know, like Stipe Miocic, Daniel Cormier, their trilogies reminds me a lot of uh, the Cain Velasquez, Junior Dos Santos trilogy. Because you remember, remember the first fight? Let's just, let's just let's get right into it. We're going to talk about everything UFC 252. Marlon Chido Vera's win over, or, over Sean O'Malley. Um, also, I wanted to talk about the Uber and Lyft uh, shutdown, the potential shutdown in California a little bit later, how it affects riders and um, drivers as well, and uh, some other stuff. But we're going to get right into UFC 252 since we already kind of jumped, re-jumped the gun and jumped right into it. So, you know, if you, <coughs> excuse me, if you look at, um, if you look at the first fight with Cain Velasquez and Junior Dos Santos, Junior Dines that nasty overhand right, the first ever fight card on Fox, you look at that, you look at how quickly that ended, kind of reminiscent to DC's win over Cormier, you know, Cormier um, came in, you know, kind of, you know, obviously as a favorite, you know, he already had won a title at a different weight class, but, you know, Junior didn't have a title at the same time. I'm just talking about, like, you know, you look at the tri- the three times he fought, the first time Junior cracks Kane gets, and, and knocks him out in the first round. And then second time, Kane comes back and beats him down. Third time, a little bit more convincing. Kane finishes him in the third. I mean, that's when Junior hit his head or slammed, you know, that slam. And then it was over. But, you know, uh, the third fight was a little bit better than the second one. Obviously, more, much more of an effort by the Junior. And, you know, that was kind of like the crazier, crazier times. So and those guys were fighting in the heavyweight division. That showed you, like, the longest time. I mean, heavyweight was, I mean, it was good fights, good matchups and stuff for, uh, but for like the longest time, it was, it was stale. There wasn't really anything too exciting about it. I mean, there was exciting fights, but you're, we're, we're seeing, in all respects to Antonio Bigfoot Silva, but we're seeing Kane fight Antonio Bigfoot Silva. Fast forward to like 2018, 2019, 2020 kind of years we got Stipe as a champion and now I'm just sitting back thinking like, dude, I remember watching Stipe, you know, I remember, I think the first Time, don't call me an amateur. Fuck you if you say it. Um, the first time I seen Sipe fight was on that. Um, I have the DVD still. It was the uh, all heavyweight main card where Roy Nelson took on Dave Herman. Uh, Bigfoot Silva took on Kane Velasquez. Is Dos Santos taking on Frank Mir? Um, who was the other guy? Who was the. Uh, yeah, it was, I don't know. It was five fight main card. Herman versus Nelson. Kane versus Bigfoot, Dos Santos versus Mir, and there was one more person on that main card. I can't remember, but if you guys remember the all heavyweight main card that the UFC had, oh, it was Stipe versus uh Stipe versus uh what is it? Was Stipe on the main card at the time? No, it was Stipe versus who? Who's the dude that he beat? Who's the dude that he beat down? Oh yeah, it was like you know oh Levar Johnson uh versus Stefan Struve as well. That was on that main card, too. I wasn't who Stipe was fighting. Um, yeah, Stipe fought... Who? Shane Del Rosario? Yeah, that's when he used those nasty elbows. He split them open. Yeah, man, I've been watching Stipe since then, and obviously seeing him, the main event against Stefan Struve. I mean, that was crazy watching that one. I mean, seeing how, uh, you know... At the time, you know, it's like you really didn't know too much about... I knew a lot about Stipe, but I didn't... You know, I didn't know he would turn into the super mega star that he is now. And if you look at people back, 
you know, people's journeys and stuff, and you, you actually follow them from day one, or when they really start making their superstardom, and, you know, you know, gaining all that attraction from the fans, the media, all the hype, if you remember it beforehand, and then you remember them now, and you remember when they started, that's, you know, those are kind of like the best loyal fans, so like I said, I've watched Stipe progress over the years, you know, him demanding his title shot, not getting his title shot, having to continuously knock people out in the first round, make those statements, and do everything he needed to do to get to the title shot, and he did, and he, he knocked out Verdum in an impressive fashion, obviously, like, he had the hiccup with DC, came back, adjusted, you know, was losing the second fight, you know, and, you know, came back and adjusted, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's who walks out of there with their hand raised. So, close fight or not, Stipe won. He got his hand raised and, you know, came back to the trilogy. Amazing, fantastic trilogy. Both men did absolutely amazing. Both men belong in the Hall of Fame. You know, obviously for the accomplishments, it's hard hard enough to win two titles in two different organizations. and Two t- t- titles in or- different organizations as well as multiple titles in the UFC in two different weight classes. I mean, you got to add DC to the top of the the top of the mountain when you comes to doing that regardless of of who you think is true best heavyweight of all time i mean there's there's conversations for the best heavyweights of all time and just honestly it's really <laughs> almost like an opinion there's no valid answer literally to discuss who the best heavyweight of all time is cuz there's multiple people who have done multiple amazing things in in the sport you got to look at you know things for doom has done and then Cain Velasquez is done. I mean, you got to basically look at all the heavyweight champions. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but just the fact that all these former heavyweight champions in the UFC in strike force, you know, more so the UFC, but more so like, you know, the heavyweight champions, former heavyweight champions like Andre Arlovsky, Tim Sylvia, Rico Rodriguez. I mean, the list goes on. There's all these classic heavyweight champions. My point being is the fact that they got there. That's the part that makes them makes them very special. So now we can fast forward to the greatest of all time conversation, the greatest heavyweight of all time. I mean, Stipe broke the record that no one was able to break. Obviously, it's not a fourth title defense. He lost his belt, but he he got it back in the second fight with Cormier. And then he defended it again. But, you know, that whole defending it three times in a row, I mean, Alistair Overham, Junior Dos Santos, Francis Ngannou. You can't add Daniel Cormier to the fourth successful title defense because it has to be in a streak. However, now, if you're sitting here thinking about it, Sipe is you know, regarded as one of the best heavyweights of all time. Now, do I think there's, is, is there anyone out there that can give him a run for his money? I do think, you know, as the years go by, as, as that talent starts to get more deeper, as the UFC starts to sign more people or more people start to progress, which they will. I mean, we got Francis Ngannou waiting in the wings, Derek Lewis. I mean, um, Curtis Blades, how could we forget about him? I mean, Alistair Overeem takes on, a, 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 I think it's Alessio Sakai or Augusto Sakai or something like that. And Alistair Overeem wins. If Alistair Overeem wins, you can add him to the list. I mean, there's a lot of guys gunning for that belt. I mean, Francis Ngannou got rushed into a title shot early on against Stipe. And, you know, you look at him now, I mean, in, you know, a few fights later, he's definitely improved solidly and, and hold-handedly, you know, has a huge argument to, you know, make his case, stake his claim for the next title shot. And, you know, a lot of stuff's happened in heavyweight as of late. I mean, breaking news, John Jones 
vacates his light heavyweight title officially to pursue a run in the heavyweight. So you got to add John Jones in the mix if you're really trying to, you know, get some steam rolling in the heavyweight division. John Jones is a good, good, good um, addition to that because I think that what what John has done in his career, I mean, at light heavyweight, um, he did send a good tweet or something like that. He said something about like three close fights in the last decade or something like that. Safe to say that light heavyweight's cleaned out. I mean, if you look at light heavyweight now, I mean, there's the only people there is Dominic Reyes. I mean, you got Jan Blahovich, Glover Teixeira looking good, Anthony Smith. I mean, there's a lot of freshly content, con- fresh, clear-cut contenders in that division if John Jones isn't there. So John Jones officially vacates his belt. Dominic Reyes and uh, Jan Blahovich will fight for the the uh the vacant light heavyweight title and stuff like that. I know we jumped from heavyweight to to light heavyweight, but you know, like John moving up, excuse me, um, that creates a lot of heavyweight fights. But then again, you know, it's John Jones, so John Jones could very well pull that Connor like move and use his name and, and value to, you know, jump ahead. I mean, at, at the end of the day, really, is it going to kill anybody not to to see? Derek Lewis fight for the title or Francis first. We already seen that. I mean, John Jones is a completely different fight. John Jones is a completely different um matchup. You know, it's a different storyline. I mean, that that's history in the making. That's career defining for for Stipe. It's not just a fight. You know, you beat John Jones, dude. There's no fucking regard. There's no there's no fucking just there's no fucking way that you can't be regarded as the best fighter of all time. You beat John Jones and you're Stipe Miocic, you're, you're regarded as the best fighter of all time. I don't care what anybody says. You, do you see, this randomly just popped in my head right now, but you guys remember that sequence when they were up against the fence, him, uh, Stipe and Corman, Stipe threw that spinning uh, back, was it back fist or something to the body? I thought he was going to hit him in the face, but then he ended up hitting his body. But yeah, so... Like I said, at the end of the day, John Jones' addition to the heavyweight division is super good. A little frightening to see him go up against the guys about, uh, um, you know, like heavyweight. I mean, if you physically look at uh, Francis Ngannou compared to, like, John Jones' like, physique, ooh, that's, that's, not, that's not really going to, you know, it's not going to necessarily be, it doesn't really seem like on paper that, that it would be a, a what is it? You know, good matchup, but that's the part that makes the sport so crazy. We're we're gonna get to see a new chapter. We're gonna get to see some new action. I mean, John Jones lost. You guys imagine how crazy that shit would be? I mean, John is like one of the only people, if not the only person in the UFC right now that hasn't lost. We haven't seen him lose. We've seen great fighters lose. We've seen. I mean, obviously Khabib too. We can't, can't say Khabib and John Jones are only two that haven't really lost. That we haven't really seen lose. I um, mean. And you look at it like, dude, it's it's crazy because you know we've seen like guys like Jose Aldo who's went on a long run who finally lose. We've seen guys like Kenny Morrow lose. We've seen guys like Tyron Woodley. Um, oh, I man, Tyron Woodley wasn't undefeated for a super long like that. But you know we've seen guys that were you know regarded as some of the best of all time lose. I mean, we've seen it happen to Anderson Silva. We've seen it happen to Jose Aldo. We've seen it happen to Demetrius Johnson. Shit happens in the sport. We haven't seen it happen to John Jones though. That that shit would hit differently though. That would have that would have feel real right there, you know. And and, and it just matters who it just like who who he loses to. That's the thing. Because then like I don't think anybody right now, if you really just like sat back and brainstormed who could beat John Jones right now, 
There's nobody that comes to mind clear-cut. Oh, Dominic Reyes. I mean, P- Dominic Reyes is probably the only person people think can be John Jones. But, you know, I remember that fight. It was a good fight. I'd love to see that fight again. It would be unfortunate not to see a, a second Reyes fight. But if we don't get to see that fight, it's, I think I'll be, be okay with it. He clear-cut one. Uh, I think it was like three rounds. Yeah, like three rounds to two. I remember we had this argument super long ago. So we're not going to reopen uh any old wounds or anything like that. Not old wounds, but any old, you know, discussions because there's really no point in discussing them. I mean, there is when it comes to breaking down future fights and, you know, potential stuff and like that. But, you know, it's going to be interesting overall to see John at heavyweight and stuff like that. I mean, Stipe, like I said, coming off the win over Cormier, you know, solidifying himself, you know, as one of the best heavyweights of all time, you know, what better way to really solidify yourself as one of the best of all time being John Jones. I mean, at the end of the day, John Jones isn't a heavyweight, and and Stipe wins against John Jones. It's just you know it's gonna be crazy because like you think about it, John never fought a heavyweight before, but you know Stipe gets a win over the greatest light heavyweight of all time. I mean, John Jones is the best light heavyweight of all time. You can't. I mean, there's different fighters in different weight classes. That's the thing. Like I can't sit here and say one fighter is the best fighter of all time. I mean, there's different weight classes and shit like that. But you know, you want to put those guy like Khabib in there against a heavyweight or a light heavyweight or something. I mean, compete. Khabib has competitive wrestling sparring and just in compet. It's competitive with him and Cormier. So you gotta imagine how Khabib can do against guys like that. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what fighters have done in specific weight classes. I mean, that's why it's a big thing to win titles in multiple weight classes because you look at it. You know, there's the man or the woman of that weight class. That means they're the baddest man or woman of that weight class. Okay, so lightweight. The baddest lightweight on the planet is Khabib Nurmagomedov. The baddest welterweight on the planet is Kamaru Usman. Baddest featherweight on the planet, Alexander Volkanovsky. Baddest flyweight on the planet, uh, Divas and Figueroa. I almost made a mistake and said that to be determined because I forgot that Benavidez fought him for the second time. He submitted him in the second time. Um, like I said, the baddest fighters on the planet are the ones that are the kings or queens of that weight class. Baddest female fighter on the planet at featherweight, Amanda Nunes. That's going to spark up an argument. I know we're playing with fire here, no pun intended for California. Um, but, you know, Amanda Nunes and Chris Cyborg have to be regarded as two of the best female fighters of all time. And it's kind of hard to really put one person in for the best fighters of all time. So going back to John Jones, it would be weird. You know, like the, the whole narrative behind it, Stipe beats a light heavyweight. I know John Jones is much more than just a light heavyweight. Obviously, one of the baddest men on the planet. Um, former UFC light heavyweight champion now. You know, he's won the title. I mean, he's had the title since 2011. So, I mean... You really safe to say that it is time for John to move up to heavyweight. I mean, look at how long John's been in light heavyweight. He's been there for so long, so I don't think that um, this move to heavyweight is 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 to avoid fighting Reyes or fighting anyone else at light heavyweight. I mean, if you look at it, there really is nothing exciting there. I mean, if you look at how long John Jones has been in the mix. You know, how long he's been fighting, and he's fought the best of the best. He's fought two generations of fighters. I mean, to win the title at at 23 years old and, and at, in 2011? Dude, are you kidding me? 2011 is when John first won his UFC belt. And you look at him now, still has a UFC, well, had a UFC belt, but still in championship level fights and hasn't seen a three-rounder in who knows how long. 
So, I mean, for, I mean, obviously what John has done has been absolutely incredible. Man. Dismantling people, you know, legends, fighters with three times the experience as that he had at the time and he was able to and he was able to do all that and accomplish that that's what opens the door for heavyweight and makes the move to heavyweight a little bit more exciting because you look at john and the way he was able to do that and how john was beating dudes asses and stuff like that he could easily have success at heavyweight just as cormier did cormier obviously was a little was a reversed and what i mean that by that he started off as heavyweight then he made the drop down to light heavyweight did fantastic at light heavyweight did fantastic at heavyweight what what's to stop John from doing the same thing? And you know, easily credentialed wrestler as well, not Olympic style wrestler like DC. But you know, John, it's gonna be interesting to see how John's um, heavyweight debut will go and against who. I know Dana White is notorious for lying and and sometimes not giving the whole stories and stuff like that. But he said that there's no way that John, you know, he welcomes John to fight for the heavyweight title. But you know, you got to give it to Francis and Gano first. You know, I'm perfectly fine with that. Francis Ngannou wins or loses to Stipe. You know, a lot of people, you know, I'm betting on Stipe Miocic to win. Uh, oh, he can't take one of those clean bombs. I mean, he, see, that, that fight with Francis makes me nervous for him. <laughs> we should talk about, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second if we ever get a chance. And I won't, if I ever decide to shut my fucking mouth. Um, but uh, what is it? Yeah, you know, it, it's going to be interesting, though, because, like, I don't know, we've seen debuts in different weight classes go bad, but like you said, it's John Jones, so I can't hold, I can't reserve any judgment like that because he's a bad motherfucker, and it'd be nice to see him get into big fights. You know, like I said, so um, first things first, uh, Francis Ngannou has a date with Stipe Miocic, not officially, not announced, not talked about yet, but, you know, penciled in, That's that has to be the next fight. I'm thirsty as fuck, I need some water. Let's get some water. Let's take a quick commercial break. Another one quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at KWTK Pod. Follow, like, subscribe, subscribe. What the fuck? Follow, like, share, rate, review our podcast. Available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, everywhere you get your podcasts. We are available. Um, G the King Official on Instagram, GT King Official on Twitter, um, KWTK Pod, both on Instagram and Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Now back to what we were talking about. All right, and we're back. Appreciate you guys for uh, sticking it out and waiting for me, even though it wasn't a fucking long time. Um, yeah, so really interesting, you know, for Stipe's next fight. Obviously, um, you know, Francis Ngannou fight is interesting. Obviously, the second time around because you look at the first fight. You know, Francis Ngannou obviously was you know, obviously very credentialed, you know, was fearful. You know, everyone was very nervous to fight against him. You know, he was a, really the big, big boogeyman, right? The boogeyman of the uh, heavyweight division, you know, very terrifying at the time he fought Stipe. But, you know, he wasn't really necessarily ready for the big show, ready for the title shot. I mean, obviously he fought for the title. He went to distance, but... You know, he was, he unfortunately came up short against Stipe at the time. And a lot of people thought that he was rushed into there. But now to see him more matured as a fighter, more calculated, a little bit more calmer. It's going to be interesting to see it because, you know, how is he going to deal with that cardio and being pushed by a guy like how Stipe can push you for, for five rounds. That's why um, I actually made the point like that on Twitter the other day. And I just think that if Stipe doesn't get caught with those bombs, 
and he's able to, you know, withstand and, you know, get Francis to the ground or, you know, take him down, I think it'll be easier. But then again, it's like, if you think about Stipe taking people down, it's like, when does Stipe ever take people down? That's how you know, especially if he's getting hurt or tagged repeatedly by a guy like Francis and, you know, he's wobble. Say, like, for example, Francis catches him a lot. He gets, he gets caught multiple times and, you know, he's just shooting for dear life, you know, going for takedowns or something like that along those lines. You know, it's not going to be a pretty fight. It's not going to be a fun fight. You can't just survive on heart and determination. You know, Stipe is the kind of guy that, you know, he he knows what he's getting into. He's very calculated. He's very uh, smart. You know, obviously phenomenal game plans. Obviously, if you look at the last game plan he just had against DC, very, very, you know, almost finished in the second round. He looked absolutely amazing. So, I mean, if you look at a future fight with Francis, what's going to be different? Francis is going to be more calculated. You know, Francis tried to, you know, fucking throw everything but the kitchen sink at Stipe in that first round, and he got exhausted and got tired. And, you know, and, you know, that showed, you know, obviously Stipe's, uh, you know, determination and heart and his grit. And um, from there, you know, he was able to, you know, move forward and get the job done and defeat the hype train that was Francis Ngannou at the time. So if I were to bet right now, I, I'd say that. I, I'd say if Stipe does submit himself as one of the best of all time, and you know, but the best heavyweights of all time, if not the best heavyweight of all time, obviously I'm going to say this, just the best heavyweight of all time, if he beats Francis Ngannou again, then you got guys like Curtis Blades, you know, Jarzino Rosenstrike in the mix. And he, he had a good win as well. And obviously, like I said, Fabrizio Verdum would have been in the mix. But uh, he he obviously has entered free agency and probably he's not going to, very likely not going to re-sign with UFC. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of great heavyweight fights for Stipe other than uh, like John Jones and, you know, Francis Ngannou. But, you know, for Francis... Um, Francis has uh, obviously got to get his title shot again. Um, definitely does deserve his title shot again. But, um, you know, I, I just don't think that. I mean, maybe it goes differently. And maybe I eat my words because if Francis wins, then that's going to be crazier. I mean, obviously that would be a huge and massive accomplishment. And, you know, I, I do think Stipe fights again before the year's up. Damn, she looks pretty good from the back. The neighbor? Dude, like, everything on her, but her face is good. Like, her face is fucking ugly. But, obviously, she has a family, and her husband finds her attractive. Obviously, made some babies with her, so... You guys probably know I have fucking, no fucking idea what I'm talking about. Sorry, I'm looking... I'm, I'm in my room, right? I do the podcast from my room. Um... I was looking outside the window and the neighbor lady um, went and got some fucking mail or some shit like that, you know. I love women and stuff, so it's it's, it's not unlike me to not look at women, so. <laughs> she, she's one of those people that, you know, she's ugly. She's attitude kind of, she's bitchy, from my opinion. Very rude, doesn't wave back when we wave. Um, but, you know, everything looks good on her from, except for her face. It's what we call a, a butter face. Everything but her face. <laughs> All right, anyways, guys, back to what we we're talking about, more important things rather than ugly neighbors. Um, I'll get some water. But anyways, um, what's next? We had a whole list, too. 
Man, for all right. Let, let, we're gonna stay at, with with the heavyweight talk, and then we're gonna get on to um, Tito Vera, um's win over Sean O'Malley, and then um, we got some more fights later on this weekend to talk about you know, Frankie Edgar versus Pedro Munoz, and, and and stuff like that, and that whole fight card and stuff, and, and and more things to come on this episode of Kicking with the King. So stay tuned, guys. Um, so for DC, you know he he, he comes up short. In the third fight with Stipe, obviously that's not the way he wanted to go out. And, you know, to to go out on a loss, you know, doesn't seem to sit too well with people. But, um, I mean, not too well with people, with him. Oh, well, obviously with, with people, it probably doesn't sit well with a lot of DC fans and supporters. But, you know, for him to go out on a loss the way he did, it's not like he got lost in the first round or lost due to, a, like, a, a DQ eye poke. Obviously, he did get poked in the eye, which was very, very nasty. Obviously, he saw that. It was it was deep. It was knuckle deep. And, um, you know, obviously, sustained some injuries like that. So, we don't even know what's next from. So, sitting here talking about a, a next potential fight would be kind of careless and would be kind of, uh, you know, Heartless, you know, we got to sit back and think about how his health is and how he's doing, and if he's going to even be able to fight again in general. You know, the eye pokes are a serious thing, man. Regardless of it, you know, some people's are never the same after that. You know, it's very dangerous. So, you know, hopefully he come back. Um, well, obviously he's going to come back. You know, he has duties for the UFC and a lot of other things other than fighting. But fighting, however, it just seems like it would be hard to go out that way. You know, and unfortunate. Eye poke that you know led to uh, you know you not being able to see and capitalize on things you would be able to capitalize on regardless of eye poke or not even before the fight, um, you know it just seemed like you know the fight probably most likely would have still gone the same but still better easier said than done and you know we didn't really know what it would be like because we never you know if you'd never been poked in the eye or know about the outcome and stuff like that then uh, <laughs> you have really no room to talk about anything or, or say anything along those lines i mean unless you know what the feeling's like or you can you know you can imagine and you can sit back and imagine the pain all you want but in, in the end if you don't know what it's like then your opinion really doesn't mean shit and it's only imagine that you know i need my eyes to fucking see and not being able to see i can imagine how tough that's gonna be you know cover one of your eyes you have to literally, like, turn. You can't see shit coming from the side that you bind on. And also, at the end of the day, I mean, it's going to be a fucking... That's that's devastating to have an eye poke like that. So, to go out on that, if I were to bet if DC was done, I'd say he only comes back for championship fights. But then again, at this day and age now, you don't just get... You know, where he's at and just the nature of the sport, you don't really... I mean, obviously, it could happen, but... um. You know, you don't just jump in like ahead of these contenders now. I mean, there's really no big fights. You know, for for DC, there's really no other fights other than, you know, the Stipe and John Jones fight that really uh, makes sense. And, you know, at this stage, you know, he, he, he fought his two of his rivals and he lost. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's accepting 
of it, you know, you know, unfortunately accepting of it, you know, obviously, you know, he had two fights with John, he lost, and, you know, he had two fights with DC, and he lost, so now, or no, two fights with Stipe, excuse me, so, I mean, you can look at DC's career however you want to, I mean, I look at it as all the accomplishments he made, you know, are on a, on, you know, some of them are unattainable for most fighters, you know, what he's been able to accomplish, everything he's been able to do, it's been absolutely phenomenal, I, I definitely, you know, hats off like to, like I said he could have uh you know won the heavyweight championship against steeping and and retired on top you know he could have easily have done that. he could have done that when he he after he won the light heavyweight belt or defended it you know he could have walked away at any given time but he didn't you know the competitive nature that DC has is unimaginable unmatchable so, like I said, all his accomplishments, everything he's done in strike force, everything he's done in his Olympic career, UFC career, I mean, his commentating career, he's done a lot, and he still is continuing to do a lot because he's still going to be around the sport. It's not like he's going to we have to say goodbye to him forever or anything like that. It's just, you know, he's not going to be fighting anymore. But, you know, a lot of people, you know, love his commentary. I enjoy it myself. I think him, John Anik, Dominic Cruz do all do a phenomenal job. All the commentators, everybody, you know, they all do phenomenal jobs and stuff like that. So, It'll be a, it's it'll be cool to see what he does like that. Just it's unfortunate to go out on on that sort of way, but you know, like I said, he's healthy. You know, he has a beautiful family. He has another baby on the way. So you know, all respects to uh, Daniel Cormier. He definitely has always had my candid, my sincere respect. Um, you know, I remember you know the first time I ever you know heard of Daniel Cormier was reading it about him in the Fighters Only magazine and just reading everything that he gone that he went through you know death of the, of his baby at the time you know him losing his father I mean you know this just just uh you know what is it like reading about it and then being like sitting back and I'm just like damn this guy's been through everything so just seeing everything that he was able to get through and accomplish made me a huge fan and that was a thing back in 2009 or 10 or 2011 or something I think 2012 or so is when I really start paying attention to DC but you know I was reading that fighters only magazine I don't remember what I, what uh, I could probably find it on the internet now thinking about it you know um but, uh, you know, it wasn't a, you know, I didn't watch a video or something or see a fight that made me know who Daniel Cormier was. That's why when he made his debut against Frank Mir, that shit was awesome. That was like one of the cooler, coolest debuts ever. Now, that shit was cool. When did Daniel make his de debut? Well, yeah, it was against Frank Mir. Was that on the same card that Melendez and Henderson fought on? That, that when they, uh, when they, when Benson beat him by split decision or something like that? I don't remember, but anyways, like I said, Daniel will always forever uh, be one of the best of all time. And like I, like I was saying earlier, however you want to describe his career, you know, you could call him the second best or one of the best of all time. You know, he, he is touted to be one of the best and, you know, is one of the best of all time, you know. could say he's the second best fighter at, at, at heavyweight and light heavyweight. Well, at the time, I mean, I mean came up short. His only losses are to John Jones and, and Stipe Miocic. So, I mean... Losing to two of the best fighters of all time. Your only losses are two of the best fighters of all time. And John and Steve are still active fighters and still bad motherfuckers. So, you know, that's not an unfortunate thing. It's, it's unfortunate, but it's, you know, he's fortunate to only have lost to those two people, two of the best people of all time. So, um, let's get on. Let's continue um, the train. UFC 252. Um, 
Chito Vera came up short, uh, not short, excuse me, came up short in his first couple UFC fights, actually. Uh, then, um, you know, didn't know what his future held um, with the promotion. But, you know, you fast forward to his win streak now, and you look at his win over Sean O'Malley. I mean, he caused the injury. Maybe if it, if it was a reoccurring injury in the past, we've seen O'Malley against Andre Sukum Tut. You know, he had that post-fight interview with Joe Rogan while laying down. He's still, in, he's still fortunately, won that first fight, but, um, you know, the, that other fight, but, uh, this one, you know, Chito Vera, man, what a performance by him, I mean, if you heard about the, his long story, you know, inspiring story, you know, it's a big win for him, um, I did pick Chito Vera to beat Sean O'Malley, and I didn't, I think I went, like, what did I go, like, four and two, or four and one on the main card, let me look, what did I get? What did I do? What did I get on there? I know I picked DC in the main event because I love DC and it's a huge inspiration. So I was going to go with DC no matter what. Um, Let me see. Here we go. So Miocic versus Cormier 3. I picked Marab Dovalishvili. Perfect pick for him. Yeah, his decision went over John Dotson. Um, I picked Herbert Burns to beat Daniel Pineda. Daniel Pineda wins by TKO. Um... Jorzino Rosenstrike, perfect pick. Second round TKO, called it. Uh, Marlon Vera to defeat Sean O'Malley by unanimous decision, but he picked up a TKO win. And in the main event, it was Stipe. I picked uh, DC to beat Stipe. So overall with the um, Herbert Burns and Sean O'Malley. Yeah, yeah, so it was one, two, three, four, five. So five. So that means I got one, two, three. Three and two. Yeah, one, two, three. Yeah, three and two. So three and two on the main card. It's not bad, but it's one one uh one loss closer to being fifty fifty. So I guess it's not nearly that good. But you know, like I said, it's split decisions. And you know, like I said, when we bet on these fights, we are not only are betting on fights, but that adds more pressure on us when it comes to our picks because who we bet, who we bet on and stuff. But anyways, um, like I said, Cheeto Vera comes up. Large gets the win over. I mean, gets the win over Sean O'Malley. Um, Sean O'Malley suffering his first ever pro loss. Um, he seemed to handle it well. I mean, he hasn't really talked too much after the fight and stuff like that. But um, you know, he's quite, quite quiet. You know, he said, "Hum." Did release a brief Instagram post. Humbled. He said, "Humbled." And. Oh, picture of him smoking a weed, smoking a joint or something. Two girls in the background or some shit like that. But you know he, um, you know he's a young guy. You know, obviously that's like I said, I don't know what that reoccurring injury was, but um, if it was an injury, it, that same injury it was caused by Chito Vera. That lower calf kick is very devastating, man. If you look at those, um, look at those calf kicks Benson Henderson threw back, you know, earlier earlier on in his UFC days, those are nasty, man, so those can definitely cause some huge problems, and, you know, obviously, like I said, Sean um, hasn't really talked too much about his loss, but um, he is obviously, like I said, a very young guy, and, you know, can still come back and, and do look, look good, I mean, like I said, the hype trains that people talk about are only created by people that, you know, you know like the fan base, people online, the media, people talking about them multiple times, people talking about these guys and, you know, putting them in these conversations to be 
the best fighters of all time. And what I mean by that, it's just you know people saying, oh, this guy's the next big thing or the next big champion. Oh, look out for him. Or just being there, having all the hype. You know what the hype is, right? When the hype gets crushed, then, um, you know, unfortunately, then all that talk kind of goes out the window unless you're able to back up everything that people are talking about. You know, if, if you're saying things that are true about a specific fighter, then that's what that's that's gonna obviously transpire oh this guy's an expert thing oh this guy's gonna smoke him in the first round oh this is it when you're saying things like that 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 are realistic like that like saint francis and is gonna smoke everybody in the first round it's a pretty pretty legitimate statement but um but you know like you can't get too ahead of yourself when it comes to certain specific fighters you know like a sean o'malley obviously like i said hadn't really fought anybody ranked or you know this was his toughest test to date you know a lot of people had said and you know obviously eddie wyland was touted to be the toughest test to his day he knocked him out in the first round like i said i said this before this fight i said this on the last episode we would get to see what o'malley's made of after the marlon vera fight you know, I obviously said Martin Valera had never really been knocked out before. Or I don't even think has ever been knocked out before. But, you know, I said that, you know, Chito Vera is not one of those guys that he's going to walk through like that. So when Sean was saying he's going to knock him out in the first round and, you know, he's talking about fighting Cody Garbrandt and, and, and stuff like that. I mean, I mean you got you to sit down and relax a little bit there. Because, like, saying all that, I was like, this guy's getting a little too ahead of himself here. And, you know, where the, where's all that trash talk going to be after this fight and where is it now this is all the stuff i was saying before and so you can't get ahead of yourself so chito vera wins he secures the number 14 ranked spot um you know all i see is up from here man give him the cody garbrandt fight if he if that ever materialized i know cody's actually dropping down to flyweight to take on the new flyweight champion davis and figueroa so that will be interesting. That will definitely be a contest I'd like to watch in the near near future. Um, what else we got here? Uh, oh yeah, so um, a little bit more stuff on Chito Vera. I mean, like who who should he fight next? I mean, I don't know necessarily. I mean, Marab really just got a good win, but that, that, what a crazy win that would be. Was that is that one thirty five or one twenty five? I think that's one thirty five. So maybe I don't know. Whatever you want to do with them, I mean, all I see is big fights for him, and you know, a ranked opponent for his next fight. I don't necessarily have anybody in mind or anything like that. But um, you know, definitely. Uh, oh, dropped my fucking phone on the floor. Definitely uh, excited to see whoever he comes up against and whoever he decides to fight against next. Um, all right, so in the final leg of the show, I appreciate you guys for joining us here on this episode of Kicking It With The King, um, episode 284, if I'm not mistaken. We get so deep into these things, sometimes I forget the fucking number. You know, uh, yeah, episode 284, thank you guys for joining. Um, the final leg, okay, so if you've seen it in the news, I mean, what more crazier things can happen in 2020? There was a lawsuit filed against Uber by California. Uber and Lyft, you know, the ride-sharing apps, apps like Grubhub, DoorDash, etc., Uber Eats. Um, there, was a, there was a lawsuit filed by California, and California won. So basically, like, with the whole Uber and Lyft, you look at the, um, for anybody that takes this or rides Uber or drives Uber, um, you look at the drivers and you look at the fares and, you know, how much money you're going to be paying to go from A to B and, you know, percentages and, and where that money really goes. So, for example, 
I'm paying twenty dollars to go from here to a movie the movie theater or wherever is going to the next town over. It's twenty dollars, okay. So Uber gets probably about fourteen dollars of that. And the driver probably gets fifteen cents. Yeah, like six dollars of it probably. The ratios are off. You don't get a set pay. It's not like you you get an hourly wage. You're based on other people's needs and wants. And what I mean by that is that the only time these people get paid are when other people have errands to run and do. So you're relying on the people to make your money and you're wearing you're you're, you're using your own car, you're paying your own gas. And you're not making as much money as, you know, like basically the work that you put in doesn't match the amount of money that you're getting compensated. You get sick. You get the coronavirus. You needed to go to the dentist. You're not able to work. You're unable to work. What does that mean? Unemployment or um, sick pay. They don't pay that. That's too much money. And if you look at how many fucking drivers are on the, in the whole world, and not just California, everywhere. Uber's everywhere. It's just shutting down in California temporarily. That's what I've been reading, what I've been saying, unless they reach, you know, come to the fruition of, you know, paying these drivers hourly, giving them a set amount, health care, or fucking medical, whatever the fuck you want to call it, and everything else. And if not, then that will spell the end of Uber in California. I don't know why it's just California. I mean, I'm, that, that, they do this shit all over the fucking uh, United States of America. I mean, they're they're shitty. Their um, they're base pay and stuff like that, they don't pay people hourly. And everything that I said right now, they don't do that in different countries, different not countries. Is Uber in different countries too? Do they have it in different countries? Does anybody know? Quick, quick little side note for anybody to think about. Um... So, like I said, overall, at the end of the day, the the ride-sharing app Uber and Lyft will be temporarily suspended. So, that means that anybody that solely relies on driving for Uber or, you know, taking rides on Uber, that will temporarily be suspended. So, basically meaning that these people will be out of work because the company that they work for is refusing to label them as employees rather I mean, they are employees but you know when it comes with employees comes with w2s unemployment uh, medical and stuff and so it's kind of like it's like your uber it almost treats them treats the drivers like puppets you guys are kind of like little puppets you'll get paid you're just not going to get the portion of the money that we get so every you got to think remember that remember what i said about that 20 dollar ride the percentages that the company is going to get and the percentage you're going to get. You want to know for some fun fact that made me kind of think about this real hard the other day and how fucked people are really getting was, okay, if you see my very aggressive tweets towards DoorDash or something, uh, DoorDash and Uber Eats the other day, I had said that, you know, the, the percentages. So what, I, what, ha- what had happened the other day actually was um, I ordered, I think it was eight, it's a total of $18 worth of food and you know there's a couple taxes you know, a lot more money it costs a lot more money to order on DoorDash rather than to go in person or go through the drive through the store um, some of the places I kind of could tell they were expensive you know McDonald's is the cheapest so what I actually did I ordered McDonald's the other day right and I had never had a refund issued yet it was the first time 
I, I was like, said they didn't even fucking come. There wasn't any drivers, so literally, it said that McDonald's had made the food and they weren't gonna give me a refund on DoorDash. DoorDash wasn't giving me a refund, and they said that they would give me the two ninety nine, two dollars and ninety nine cents. Basically, give me the driver's tip. That's what it said. Give you the driver's tip of two ninety nine. I said, hell no, two ninety nine out of eighteen dollars. Are you kidding me? I was like, dude, how much are they even paying the drivers? Like the the drivers don't even get paid. So like, the, the, I mean, I can definitely see where they, these lawsuits are coming from. I mean, it's like these people are wearing their cars down, wearing themselves out costing themselves more money than what they're getting paid and um that's a bunch of people getting fucked by a company so it's about time that someone comes i mean i don't have i me personally i i can understand that if it was a side gig or you know some something to get some extra cash and you can you have a great car that you know fortunately you can use and you know it won't be it won't be hectic nor critical for you to use your car. Say, if you, for example, you work your normal job and you just do Uber for about four, four, four or five hours a day, and you know you don't really go crazy far or do too much crazy shit, and you stay within your city or you know nothing too crazy or hectic. You know, maybe you won't run your car nearly down as fast doing just Uber. But if you're just doing, if you're doing this as a side gig, then it's not nearly as bad if you're just solely relying on it. That's the problem. People are the people that solely rely on it. That's their income. A lot more older people, people who are laid off of their other jobs, people who have a harder time finding jobs. And with Uber, you don't have to worry about the job interview. You don't have to worry about you know the, this or that. You can work whenever the time time frames or anything like that. How how the hell does that work? Like, do they have to um, construct a a time that people start in order to you know to re you know reconstruct the whole way uber and lyft works if they're going to keep that shit alive in california and it's not truly gone after this temporary suspension if they don't resolve certain things well i just want to know what is there to resolve other than like obviously labeling people as employees paying them their fair shares and stuff like that um it'll be interesting to see because you know a lot of people like i said the part that i was concerned about for people was not only the the drivers but you got to think about the riders as well people who solely rely on uber that's taken a huge chunk out of a lot of people's lives meaning that that's a that's a huge uh that's a, a almost like a luxury for a lot of people for, for thousands and thousands of people in california i mean obviously like i said it's not a it's not a worldwide or state not like a different multiple states this isn't happening in multiple states however the way that uber and lyft operates and how they pay their drivers that shit's all the same in different states and stuff no other states filed this kind of this lawsuit not to my knowledge don't quote me on that um but only for uber uber in california so it's california is just on the list of of death for for 2020 look at all the fucking fires COVID 19 spiraling look at everything what else is going to happen to california next thing you know california is going to fall off the face of the earth so um yeah so like i said there's people that work you know i've i've gone rides at two in the morning before one in the morning 12 in the morning five in the morning randomly throughout the day dude there's no fucking struggle when it comes to pulling out your phone and you know i need to go get some food i need to go grocery shopping i need to do this i need to do that i need to go pay a bill i need to go to work you got a, you got a simple app for that that's cool you don't have to do anything you just solely have somebody come and uh pick you up and take you to point a point b for a certain price i mean there's people that don't have cars there's people that rely on it solely i mean 
Some people use the bus and stuff, but there's certain places where the bus doesn't operate at night and stuff like that. And, you know, it doesn't line up with their schedule. So what I mean by that is like, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, you know, don't have that extra helping hand. And what I mean by that is that you can't just call your friend or mom or dad or whomever. Hey, you think you can give me a ride? I mean, there's a handful of people that can, you know, adjust and, you know, I mean, will do anything to keep the job that they have and, you know, don't want to get fired for not being able to show up or something due to that when they solely relied on Uber. Maybe they have friends or people that support them and stuff, but there's a handful of people that that aren't able to do that. So it's going to be interesting to see where where this all goes. Um, I think it comes and it goes in effect on this Friday, so I'm just gonna be curious because you know there's a lot of drivers and stuff like that. I mean, maybe just go to a fucking state, go to a different state just to drive for Uber. No, that would be too much fucking efforts and stuff, especially for like I said, not being paid as much as as much for as much work as you actually put in. You know, it's gonna be interesting to see that. But um, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that. I don't know why. I don't know why that was so important. No, well, it's just because like it, you know, I've used I use Uber a lot and and Lyft and that'd be a, you know it's kind of like a extra helping hand in a lot of ways and helps a lot with a lot of things so it'd be kind of it'd be kind of different without it but then I think like a lot of people including myself would be fine without it and stuff but just it's just an extra thing you know especially like DoorDash and stuff you don't have food in the house or you you you're um it's very risky because you know they fuck up your order most likely they don't compensate you for what you paid nor nor do they uh the, nor do they uh make the f- fucking food right again or bring you food <laughs> you know they still uh they they, they compensate you but it's not nearly ne- worth as much especially when you do big orders and stuff mobile big orders are fucking risky man especially when uh you're when you're in the drive through you could just go right back through the drive through and be like hey bro you, you're missing my fucking hot sauce or you're missing my tacos or my fucking burger or my fries you know, it's easier to do that rather than relying on some other random ass person to go there and bring your food and, you know, you, you get the whole gist of what I'm saying, right? But yeah, it's unfortunate and we'll see what happens. So that's, that, I just wanted to talk about that. But anyways, I think that's, I think that's all we got today. Anything else we'll mention on the, on the, on the next episode of the show. Um, we haven't done a show since like 10 days or so, like August 8th or so. Yeah, it's August 20th now, so it's like a little bit over 10 days, a little bit over a couple weeks, so sincerely apologize, we'll definitely be back with another episode, we won't take nearly as long, I'm sorry, definitely apologize for that, um, but we will be back with another episode of, of this of the podcast for sure, I don't like going that long without it, this was a great one, um, I, I think that's everything we got today, ladies and gentlemen. Um, obviously we're, we were going to talk about Munoz versus Frankie Edgar, but another time, a little bit later on, we'll, we'll talk about it probably about Friday or so Friday, um, uh, today's yeah, tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow morning, um, as well. And, uh, we, that's what we did on this show. We talked, we, we were live this morning. So we are doing the podcast in the morning, fresh, fresh as a daisy, a little bit hungover from yesterday, but you know, other than that, nothing, a little bit of water can't handle. Uh, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, this is Gabriel Hernandez signing off today. Follow me on Twitter, G the King uh, at uh, GT King Official on Twitter, G the King, G the King Official on Instagram, um, KWTK Pod on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Gabriel the King Hernandez. Folks, like I said, we're available everywhere. Like, share, rate, review our podcast. Share that shit on social media. Share everywhere you get the chance to. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your boyfriend. Tell your girlfriend. Tell whoever. Tell your fucking dog. Tell your cat. It doesn't fucking matter. Just tell everybody about the show. Subscribe, like, share, rate, 
review. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're out of this bitch. We'll be back sooner rather than later. Bye, folks.